Surface Neo is not coming anytime soon, the game bar is getting a big update, and Google's making a big move with Stadia. Or are they? Happy April 10th, everybody. It is Friday. We are back again talking about news, gamings, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so uh, it's been an interesting week here. We had some major storms come through. I had dinner power for the past 24 hours, but we are back uh, having a good time. And let's just dive into the news. So the big item of the week is that Microsoft Surface Neo device is not going to be coming this year. This is not really surprising in honestly any capacity uh, at this point. Mary Jo Foley, a good friend of mine, uh, scooped the information and I was able to hear very, very similar things from people who are familiar with the company's plans. And so here's kind of the deal. Microsoft obviously is all working from home. So there's those issues and those challenges. Windows 10X is also coming along, but slowly, but the writing has been on a wall for a while. So let's talk about what is the Surface Neo. The Surface Neo is the larger dual screen device coming from Microsoft. And it's gonna be running a new variant of Windows 10 called Windows 10X with the biggest feature the feature that I'm most excited about is that it runs legacy application or Win32 applications in a secure container, which has huge ramifications for security and um, just modernization of the OS. Now, that OS is kind of just floundering along. It's not where I think it Microsoft likely wants it to be, but all that aside. So the dual screen device Microsoft announced late last year at the same time as this Surface Duo, which we'll talk about in a second, and it was supposed to be released later this year. Well, that is not going to be happening. Um, Interestingly enough, a bunch of other vendors or OEMs came out with dual screen devices. And initially they said, hey, it's not actually going to ship with Windows 10X. It's going to ship with a ver uh, just regular vanilla Windows 10. And that was the very first big like road sign that says, hey, this probably isn't on track to be released at this time, at least the OS portion, because why would vendors ship things that are designed for Windows 10X with an older version of Windows 10 while they wait? All that being said, what you need to know here, Service Neo not coming this year. Microsoft is going to miss that deadline. And Windows 10X, I think the priority is going to be shifting here a little bit because it was initially Microsoft was championing it's for dual screen devices. Well, I, it, that doesn't really matter. Like dual screen devices is honestly just a feature that Windows 10X supports. Windows 10X can run on a standard single screen device. It can run on a Surface Go. It can run on a Surface Pro. It can run on honestly probably just about anything at least um, from my understanding. And so Microsoft is actually, from what I'm hearing, preparing preview builds of Windows 10X. Now we don't know exactly when they're going to be released, but it wouldn't surprise me if Microsoft announces something like this at Build, where they say, hey, look, we're working on Windows 10X. Want to go try it out? Here's a preview of it. It's going to be early on. I don't think it's going to be very well polished, but it'll let people get a, get a try on it. Now you might be saying, but Brad, you've already said you can try it. Well, technically you can. You can try it in an emulator today, but that's not, it's not the same thing as running it natively on a piece of hardware. And so be looking on the lookout for that. Uh, Microsoft's Build Conference is going to be taking place next month. Remember, it is going to be virtual. No big surprise there. And so maybe Microsoft will be announcing that we can actually download bits that will install on a single screen, you know, traditional, almost a classic looking PC and all of that good stuff. The other thing to consider too about Surface Neo, the other thing to consider is, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's sort of an economic downturn right now. Things aren't exactly peachy. People are without jobs at a very large scale. And I shouldn't make light of that. It's a very serious issue. And so coming out and saying, hey, um, here in the fall or the whatever holiday season, here's a, I don't know the exact price, but a $2,000 PC, like the ultra premium, the highest end. Because guys, Surface Neo was not going to be cheap. There's no way it was going to be cheap. And so it, the, the timing and everything just wasn't aligning. And so I believe this might be Panos's pretty much second major 
like kind of like you know putting his hand on the windows team because remember panos now need leads windows or microsoft hardware the, the surface team and he's also leading the windows experience team as well and so this could be very much him saying look this doesn't make sense the timing's not right this is what we're going to do and i do think it is the right move right it, the only thing worse than shipping neo in december uh would be shipping neo in december with uh under uh, like underbaked software at a really expensive price so it appears to be the right move. It is, interestingly enough, though, the second major Surface device to be publicly announced and then not get released on its effective timeline. The first one being the Surface earbuds that are supposed to be coming uh, sometime this spring. So there you go. The pr I think there were a lot of factors working against Surface Neo, the, the, the pricing, the, the OS not being ready, and a bunch of other things. Now, on the other side of the coin, there's Surface Duo. For those not familiar, Surface Duo is the smaller version of the foldable screen devices that Microsoft is building under the Surface brand. Neo big, uh, Duo small. Just kind of remember that. The big difference is that Duo runs on Android. And from what I'm hearing is that this thing is pretty much ready to go. That's not all that surprising because they're really just skinning on top of existing Android software, making it Microsoft and just making it work on a dual screen. Not all that surprising. It wouldn't surprise me if that thing is, I keep hearing it's ready to go. Microsoft is showing it off a lot. Uh, Brad Anderson has shown it off. Uh, Panos posted on his Instagram an actual picture taken from the device. Although it's really don't read into that picture quality a lot because one, we don't know if there's any post-processing. Um, it's kind of hard to tell you can't he didn't post the raw image so we can't actually extract anything from it and so it's just a well-lit photo and as we all know it's real easy to take a well-lit photo these days really the gains are coming in the low light photography but anyway so if you're a big fan of surface duo it does look like that device will be here on time and on schedule so that is, a, that is a good thing. Um, speaking of in-person events like Microsoft Build, we already knew that Build was canceled. We already knew that E3 was canceled. We already knew that Inspire was canceled. Microsoft is officially saying that all in-person internal and external events are now canceled through July of 2021. So a year from July, we won't have a, no in-person events. This bums me out because I see a lot of my friends every time I go to these things. That being said, Microsoft is obviously taking precaution because they don't know what is going to be happening with the world and, and all the diseases and all that stuff. And so they're taking huge precautions. I'm also hearing that Microsoft is taking this as a massive opportunity to rethink its entire conference strategy. Right now, typically, they have two hardware events of the year, roughly. One in the spring, one in the fall. Then they have uh, Build in the spring, they have Inspire in the summer, and then they have Ignite in the fall. And so these things might be changing. If Microsoft is going to be making big changes to their conference strategy, now is the time to do it since they're going all virtual and they're going to be utilizing Microsoft Teams and Microsoft Live 365 live events using Stream. This is the time that Microsoft is going to be rethinking them and they're going to be implementing a new strategy. We don't quite know what it is yet, but don't be surprised that if the next major conference Microsoft holds looks and feels a little bit different than what we have classically known as Microsoft events. Uh, Microsoft also bought corp.com this week if you're not familiar with that it was a big sort of thing uh on the internet when it comes to domains because there are a lot of active older active directories that were set up and i believe microsoft actually provided guidance at one point to name your thing corp uh name you like your overhead or your, your tree structure named corp and a lot of people called it corp.com and so if you owned corp.com, you could effectively sniff or steal a bunch of credentials because the Active Directory and, sys and servers were effectively just sending it to that domain. So Microsoft bought it. Uh, I don't think they're going to be doing much with it. At least we don't know yet. But the intention there is to help protect their customers who have set up servers and Active Directory structures that were sending data to that. 
I'm also hearing that Azure, Microsoft Cloud Servicing Platform, is having some capacity issues all around the globe. It's not just limited to Europe. Um, specifically, if you're looking for a higher-end GPU setup, good luck. Um, Microsoft does have some of these features in the US and they're pretty much saying, hey, we're out of capacity. I think it's primarily because of this next stat that Microsoft is saying that Teams continues to grow like exponentially. It is crazy. They said two, this is all talking about in the past like month or so, uh, 2.7 billion meeting minutes occurred in one day, which is a 200% increase from the 900 million meeting minutes on March 16th. So uh, you can go, you can just do the math. They're going from March 16th at 900 million meeting minutes to 2.7 billion meeting minutes. That is a significant amount of growth for teams. And I suspect that they are using all of their capacity in Azure that they have available to make sure that teams continues to run very, very smooth because this is the stress test of stress tests for teams and Microsoft does not want anything. And I mean, anything to happen to teams right now. So much so the Microsoft is actually starting saying, Hey, you remember Skype? Uh, well, we actually have a feature where you can just click a link and join a meeting because there's been a lot of talk about Zoom recently. Zoom has um, really blown up on the scene primarily because they have this, or they, they do have this feature. It's really easy to get into a Zoom meeting, right? And we all know about Zoom bombing. Um, but Microsoft actually also had this feature with Skype. They just very poorly talked about it. And so Microsoft has come back and saying, hey, Skype's still here. You can use this thing. Basically, they're writing the back of Zoom has a ton of security issues, a ton of them. You have to be very careful. New, the state of New York said, hey, our schools cannot use this um, because when you use Zoom, and, and I, I'm not trying to trash the entire company, but the problem here is that they, they made security an afterthought, which is never a good thing because it was very easy to steal credentials and other information. And you can imagine, especially like if you're the state of New York, if you're a student using Zoom and somebody steals your credentials and then logs in and deletes all their data, yeah. Now you might be saying, why would somebody do that? Well, why would somebody Zoom bomb either, right? People, if it's an easily exploitable tool, people are going to exploit it. They're also saying, you know, making this available or aware because of governments using Zoom as well. It's, it was easy and still is relatively easy to kind of compromise some Zoom security features. So they're hiring a bunch of people to bolt on security stuff. Take it for what you will. Uh, Microsoft is riding high on Teams, trying to promote its security features. And they're saying, hey, look, Skype is pretty secure too. So you might as well use that as well. So on to the gaming news of the week. So a lot of interesting gaming news this week at out actually. I'm gonna start with Stadia because Stadia or Google, I should say, announced that Stadia Pro is gonna be free or effectively Stadia is gonna be free for two months if you sign up with a Gmail account. Um, interesting timing. Obviously, it's very easy to say, hey, look, people are stuck at home, economic crisis. This is a really, really nice thing for Google to do. You know, go play, go play these games for free. I think it's just a cleverly wrapped marketing strategy. Not, not hating on it. Um, other companies are doing a lot of free stuff. Microsoft did it, did it with Teams. And so Google is just coming and say, hey, look, go and use it. Now, we also know the other side of the story that Stadia doesn't appear to be doing all that well, at least not yet. And so this could be just a big, huge pool of Google saying, look, we're going to give it away for free for two months. Anybody that uses it then becomes a hot lead. And then they're going to try to grow the service from there. I don't blame them. Um, it's you know kind of good all around. It gives you free access to these games. It's worth trying out. If you have never tried Stadia and you have a Gmail account or just go make one for free, I honestly think it's worth trying out. It's a pretty neat service. The, the challenge is, is that it's not, I think, fundamentally better than what, say, Microsoft is doing with xCloud and some other services out there. But 
free is free. You know, if you haven't tried it, go try it. It's free. Uh, Sony, as we all know, unveiled the PlayStation 5 controller. Been pretty basic uh, reception across the industry of it. It says, hey, um, this is a move in the right direction. I don't think anybody's looking at that saying, oh my God, what has Sony done? The one thing that they have not done, although there were some interesting polls out there from, as from Sony fans, honestly, saying, hey, would you prefer the asymmetrical or symmetrical design? Um, the Xbox controller is asymmetrical, meaning it doesn't line up, right? It's offset. I'm not going to grab a controller. Well, I will. Meaning, if you're on the audio version, you won't know what I'm look doing. Right? Offset here, right? Up, high, and low. And obviously, PlayStations are are in a, on the same parallel. Um, and it sounds like Sony fans actually want it asymmetrical. If you go look at the most popular third-party PlayStation controllers, it was that asymmetrical design. Sony isn't quite going there yet. Maybe we'll see that on the PlayStation 6, or maybe they'll come out with an official accessory. Whatever. doesn't matter. It looks good. It's coming out. And we'll know more, hopefully, about it here in the near future. Microsoft is making huge updates to Game Bar. Game Bar, I think, is honestly one of Windows 10's hidden features that it's it's there. People kind of know about it, but nobody is really using it at like at scale. It's a really cool feature. It's just Windows Key G. And you might be saying, hey, I'm not a PC gamer. Why would I use this? Here's a great feature. There's a screen recording built into Windows 10 that is super easy to use. Windows, Windows Key G, hit record, and it just saves it into your capture folder everybody should be able to use that it's built into windows 10 but the news is that they are opening it up to third parties including like xsplit which i'm a heavy user of actually it's what i'm using to make this software or this video and audio and all that good stuff and so they're they called it with xbar xbox game bar store or something like that it's just in the microsoft store it's nothing crazy like that but they're opening it up to third parties. Their extensibility is a huge feature that should help grow the Xbox Game Bar features and functionality. I'm looking forward to that. It's the right move from Microsoft. Everybody should be excited about that because it's bringing free features to Windows 10 and who doesn't love that? Uh, Microsoft also announced that the Xbox is getting an update to the UI. A lot going on there. Um, they're simplifying the guide layout. Now, if you're hoping that when the Xbox Series X launches, it's going to have some fancy brand new interface, completely different and radically different than what we see today. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Microsoft is just going to continue to iterate upon what they have because they've been changing it very frequently. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they roll out a lot of UI updates across the Xbox platform. And I think the idea is to have a consistent experience across all the Xbox consoles. And so I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to throw my hands up and cry about that. That's fine with me. I, I don't really use the UI. I mean, it's the UI, right? As long as I can launch my games quickly. The one thing that might change, might change, uh, that I'm hearing for the next generation is they might make, you know how there's the quick resume feature, right? Where you can jump in and out of games. Those might be highlighted a little bit more than, than usual or like recently played games is one thing that I've heard. So not that big of a deal, but it makes a lot of sense. It's like, Hey, these are the five games that you can quick resume. Here you go. They're presented front and center. So keep all that going on. And finally, we have Xbox Game Pass is coming to Korea and Japan on April 13th. That is some good news there. If you are in uh, Korea or Japan, you don't have to wait too much longer. Xbox Game Pass is a tremendous value right now. And I'm, I'm loaded up. I think I've got like two and a half years left on my subscription. So it's a good way to go in and play this game, especially Ori, the new Ori. Uh, I enjoy it. I'm not like binging through it. But the visual fidelity on my LG C9 and the audio is fantastic. Superb. Colors pop. It's a great little fun casual game that I just pop in and out of um, when I don't feel like playing Call of Duty. So there you go, guys. I forgot to do questions this week, primarily because I didn't have internet access or power at my house yesterday. And I didn't get the chance to put the thread up. But as always, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.